and welcome. You're listening to Pause and Listen. On this podcast, I carve out time to listen to my guests who come from all walks of life to gain insight on what works, what doesn't work for the purpose of living a meaningful life. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining the podcast. Um, today, Alhamdulillah, I have a very, very important guest, um, Mizi Wahid, the author of You Are Loved, of The Art of Letting God, the, um, and Call Upon Him, just, you know, to name a few. Um, hi, Assalamualaikum, Mizi. So happy Wa you're here. Salam. Thank you for having me, Yasmin. It's nice to be here. Oh, it's crazy. I'm so, so um, excited about our conversation. Um, you know, this is such an important topic, um, self-love, self-care, and um, I think you are perfect to be speaking on this because I recently read your book, You Are Loved, and it blew me away. It immediately made me feel better because I was going through something at the time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I actually went through, um, I was going through a breakup at the time, and I was walking in um, Bangsa Village with my cousin, and I'm like, I feel like getting a book. And um, your book was just in the in the upper number Like I could see your book dekat the window of this of the bookshop. So I'm like, oh, okay, you know what? That sounds that resonates with me right now. So I walked in, I looked at it, and I'm like, I had a feeling I needed to read it. And um, and it's funny because a few I think a few days before that I saw it online, <clears throat> and I saw the reviews, and I'm like, sounds good. Kila one day I'll buy it one day. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah alhamdulillah kebetulan i was in bangsa i saw the book in the window i was like okay it's time to get it and when i read it everything just clicked so easily you know the i love how you say things so simply you use language that is um just you know you can understand it very quickly and that's what i think young young people need um we don't need flowery flowery language we don't need like you know, language that's too far out there, like, <clears throat> um, that I think in Islam, we get a lot of, you know, things are just mm-hmm. concepts that are too complex. Um, no, we need something, things that are more simple, um, language that's more simple. And I love how you talk about, <clears throat> sorry, I got a bit of a sore throat. Um, I love how you talk about concepts that are important to us, like mm. young people. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I can call myself a young person, but yeah. Um, you are, you are still young. Thank you, Alhamdulillah. My grandma would disagree. <laughs> you don't do it any, bila nak kahwin. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, concepts that a lot of people, my generation, my age, you know, our generation, our age, um, are concerned about um, uh, things that are relevant to um, me and my friends, you know, I would put it. So, Thank you for writing these books. Thank you for communicating very nicely to us about things that matter to us. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, reading it and appreciating it and letting me know that it helped you in some way. Um, I, 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 I'm always grateful and I feel very blessed when people text me or meet me at my events and tell me how my book helped them get through difficult times 
And you know what? Sometimes that's all I, you know, I tell myself, like, this is why I do what I do. You know, it's not for anything else apart from I want to be able to make a difference in a, a person's life. And this person could be a complete stranger. They could have never even met me at all. But they could connect with my words. Um, and yeah, you, you rightly said that the words are said so simply and it is done so purposefully too. Because if it's too academic, it's not going to connect to the heart. If it's too heavenly, it's also like a bit out of touch, you know. So I try my very best um, to make it easy to understand something that can resonate with us and give examples that uh, everyday people like you and me go through. Because the truth is, after doing, you know, hundreds of events over the last decade and, you know, touching tens of thousands of lives, I notice one thing, that actually, even though we're all different, but the issues, the problems, mm. the insecurities that we face are very similar. Maybe the form is different, maybe the look is different, maybe the timing is different, but we all have them. Mm. And so that is where we find common ground, I guess. And that's how I begin to write whenever I write. I'm not even talking about my books, even my tweets and my mm. Instagram posts. I always try to imagine what it's like to be going through a difficult time, um, being dealt with bad news, for example. Mm. Like, How do you deal with all of that? Okay. Because you still have work. Because you still have responsibilities. Exactly. Because you still have a role to play in society, at home. And you can't just dump everything because you're troubled with something. So everybody's trying to figure out how they can become more resilient, for example. Everybody's trying mm -hmm. to figure out nowadays, a very popular topic I get invited to speak on a lot is self-care. How mm -hmm. do you practice self-care? Right. So, yeah, I'm excited for today's episode and I and I hope that we're going to have a good conversation. Wow, mashallah. I, you know, I really didn't think I'd be able to find um, a Muslim to talk um, uh, to this about, uh, to talk to this, to speak on self-care, self-love. Um, and Bukan Apa is just, it's um, kind of like this, taboo-ish topic, um, especially in Malaysia, you know, the culture is um, that this is a very Western thinking, okay, not especially in Malaysia, actually in many parts of the world, where non-Western parts of the world, this whole idea and concept of self-care can seem quite um, selfish. Um, as a matter of fact, it has come up in my work as well. When I used to talk about self-love and self-care or when I talk about self-love and self-care in general um, in my work and I do that a lot I think in like maybe out of 10 posts I'll talk about self-love in maybe five of those posts um, I can imagine not I can imagine but sometimes it feels like people are still grappling with the idea you know they still don't really uh, they don't really trust the concept. Is this really for me? Um, and of course, majority of my audience, uh, they're Muslims. Um, 
And, you know, reading your book, I realized this is not just a Muslim concept. Sorry, this is not just a Western concept. There was one, there was one chapter in particular that uh, I can't remember which chapter it is now, but there was a part in the book where you said that, you know, Allah wants us to love ourselves. Allah wants us to take great care of ourselves. So this self-love thing is not, you know, non-Islamic. It's, we must mm-hmm. love ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. there was a verse that, there were a few verses that you used um, and maybe you would like to share it, but it's, you know, it reminded me of the fact that he created us he created us and so why would he want us to abandon ourselves Mm -hmm. why would he want us to treat ourselves poorly you know especially if that means like why put someone else first before you Mm -hmm. why put the needs of others first if he so perfectly created you already with your unique interests likes dislikes whatever makes you comfortable he he molded that so you know being the most compassionate most loving of course he would want you to take care of yourself mm-hmm. right i mean if you if you if you look at the verses you know, for example, this is one verse where Allah says, "Wala tulku ila which means, "And do not throw yourselves into harm's way, into destruction." And I remember when I was young, because I, I I was I came from a full-time madrasa, so I heard this verse probably when I was like 11, 12 years old, and the understanding I had then, probably because <clears throat> how it was also explained to us, it was very limited. Right, mm. like, do not throw yourself in harm's way means, don't take a knife and stab yourself, or don't um, continue to smoke if smoking is gonna harm you and things like that. You know, like, but or stand in front of a car. You know, for example, yeah, a moving it's, car. It's, it's now when I look back, I realize that that's not the only way that you can harm yourself. Inshallah, yeah. There are so many ways that we are harming ourselves without even realizing. For example depriving ourselves of proper rest and sleep. Something I, I learned in my mid-30s. Because you know? <laughs> my body keeps crashing. I think I'm still in my 20s. Again. <laughs> I work seven days a week, you know, 16 hours a day. Um, that, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, once reprimanded <laughs> a man who said that, oh, there are some Sahabas, they pray the whole night and they don't sleep. Mm. And he said, hey, why do you do that? I pray and I sleep. Mm. There was another companion who he fasted and he would not break his fast. He would just mm. continue fasting the next day. And the Prophet said, Ana uftir. I fast and I break my fast. Like, what's wrong? Why do you mm. do that to yourself? So Islam actually teaches us all of these things. But sometimes, I think, when, when we look at religious texts, there is a tendency to sometimes just be literalists you know, and just see what's on the surface. And and I think there are some verses that you may need to be more careful, like verses that are about Akida, right? And the core aspects of fiqh, the key practices. But then there are verses like this and hadiths like this that I think if we limit 
what it means, then we may be doing injustice to the wisdom of the Prophet ﷺ, for example. Like, do you actually think that the most wonderful creation ever of Allah can only see things in a narrow, from a narrow perspective? Like, that's yes. the only thing it means. Yes. So, you know, I realize now more than ever that our religion is beautiful. It is all-encompassing. Yeah. It looks after every aspect of our well-being. You know, so, you know, sometimes the Western concept, Yasmina, you hear people check up as a let self-love, self-care. It means splurging or retail therapy. But that sometimes can do harm. And that's where the balance, the moderation comes from our religion that says, uh, and do not be wasteful, right? So, yes, you can care for yourself. Yes, you can have nice things. But there is always a limit because if you overspend, if you become a spendthrift, then you are causing harm to yourself. Why? Because at the end of the month, you'll have more month than money. <laughs> you'll have more days balanced. Eh? Been <laughs> and what, what does that do? It causes stress. Mm. It makes you depressed. And it causes you to do other stupid things. Mm. So, mm. you see, it, it, it's actually so beautiful. Uh, if we just took the time to perhaps reflect and ponder upon some of these verses and sayings, then... I think we will appreciate our religion and we will appreciate ourselves a lot, lot more. This is why I love your work. It's because you add a lot of context uh, in your work and you use relevant context and you validate that we do need context when we read Islamic texts. We do. You know, I think there was this one book I read um, and it talked about how how we practice Islam today. Sometimes there's no context and we're, you know, we take things so literally and and like you said, there's only one meaning to this verse. You know, there's only one one way of looking at this. And and that's been um, perpetuated. It's cultural. It's very cultural. It's a cultural practice. And um, you know, the 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 kind of alternative is to really, like you said, ponder really think about it you know even try to even try to you know look at how it might fit into your context and like for example in you are loved you put you put you know these lessons and um kind of uh, these words and verses into the context of relationships how does it work in this kind of um, context and alhamdulillah it's impacting people's lives positively and people are more optimistic um, and they get even closer to the religion. What I, what I love that you know again about about your work is that you help people like me, you know, young people get closer to the religion. We understand it in a way that helps us because at the end of the day, that's what religion is. It's supposed to help you. It's supposed to help you in your life, make your life easier. It's not supposed to scare you all the time, you know. Which and I see a lot of young people kind of like drift away from the religion because of that because it's like this scary god is just going to punish you for everything kind of idea but alhamdulillah your work doesn't do that for for a lot of us so yeah alhamdulillah <laughs> so you know self-love okay um you know when i approached you i said 
uh, let's talk about self-love in the context of Islam. Like, how does self-love look like in Islam? How does it look like? You know, what does it not look like in Islam? I mean, you kind of um, touched um, on it a little bit just now. Um, when you overspend, when you just, you know, say, I'm going to buy Zal... Zalora every day <laughs> because I feel because like it makes it, me feel good mm. yeah because it makes me feel good and then at the end of the month well, you're like shoot well okay so how I would look at it is this I've studied Islam for I mean formally 16 years of my mm. life my degree and everything and you know I feel like the, one of the big things because I majored in Sharia one of the big takeaways for me personally is that Islam is a religion that preaches moderation in everything that we do. Moderation in everything that we do. So, as per the example earlier of overspending, technically, Islam is against extremists, you know, like any form of extreme behavior that is not right, you know. For example, it's not just overspending, it's also overeating, it's also oversleeping, right? Um, it's also, uh, um, you know, overly consuming too much entertainment, right? So overdoing ev- anything is normally bad, okay, usually bad. Everything needs to be in moderation. For example, there was this one time when, uh, during the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, when he, he was the Khalifa, um, there was a story of him actually walking past uh, a mosque and he overheard that there was a man inside praying and making dua and things like that. And this was during the day. Okay. And everyone's out working. Everyone's trying to earn an income, earn a living. But he was there. Sayyidina Omar actually told him, what are you doing? So I'm praying and I'm making dua. And, uh, mm. No, you. that's not what the religion is, you know, is all about. Mm. You know, if if it's all about just sitting in the mosque and praying 24-7, what's going to happen to our economy? Who's going to sustain your family? Mm. How are you going to feed your children? Right? It's, so, if you're too extreme with work and you neglect spiritual growth, that's wrong. Mm. If you're just too focused on doing all of the uh, rituals and ibadah in a sense of, you know, the as per this example then that's also not right Mm. we have an obligation to ourselves to our body our body has a right over us in fact Islam Mm. teaches us Mm. Um, the people around us so we have a social responsibility I'm Mm. not just talking about family but Islam emphasizes so much about neighbors the importance of neighbors okay Islam teaches us about being peaceful to non-Muslims the Prophet Mm. was even kind to people who attacked him and we live in a world now i think alhamdulillah in most countries where we can coexist and yet why do we want to look at others with so much hatred and animosity for no reason apart from maybe they don't share the same faith as we do so to me any form of extreme behavior ideology usually does not fit nicely into Mm. uh, our faith and so when it comes to matters of self-love, do not um, 
overwork to the extent that mm. you experience burnout every week you know like mm. weekend you're like completely burnt out mm. something's wrong somewhere mm. either you're not managing your time well or you're not eating well or you're not giving your body ample rest every day right so talk to your boss talk to your manager talk to the person who you report to maybe let them know you know what i think something's not right i'm either overworked or i'm not doing certain things right so you know can we review some of the tasks that i'm assigned to or you know that you delegate i think we need to have these conversations yes yes I mean i i get a lot of mothers yes. say that they are overwhelmed with nowadays mothers okay every almost every household now is a dual income household right so yes the the woman works we we're, we're recording this during a uh, international women's day yeah right? yes mashallah <laughs> So um, they work, they come back home, they need to be a wife, they come back home, they need to be a mum. And so there's a lot that they have to do. So we're talking about extreme burnout now. Because I love that physical. you mentioned this women's issues. Please go ahead. Because it's not just physical, it's mental, it's emotional. Mm. Don't receive care. Sometimes mm. all they ask for is simple appreciation and even that they're not getting. Mm-hmm. think a little thank you here and there a little show of effort and initiative from their partner perhaps will suddenly give them the energy that they need mm-hmm. to just you know the recharge is very fast if they mm-hmm. get the right kind of support right mm-hmm. and compliment and acknowledgement but very often they don't get any of these things mm-hmm. so you need to be aware whether you are overworking overextending yourself Mm-hmm. and if you are then pull back a little bit okay because that that form of self care is not only islamic but it is absolutely necessary mm. in order for us to have a good future for us to have longevity for us to have good health for us to be able you know to see our family um years from now to see our children grow up to contribute back to society isn't that mm. part of what being a good muslim is how can you contribute back if your if your tank is empty mm. you know you're running on empty all the time so that's not going to work yeah absolutely i love that you touched on all that and i love that you touched on work um i see a lot of women as you said overworking and overextending themselves and you know just Yeah, I mean women are you know, you know we've been, you know we started it we started um it off with you know sending more girls to schools and more of them to uni and so now unis have more women than men. And so we are we are in better positions, you know, economically, socially now and and so yeah, you do find a lot of women working these days. But as you said so even though more women are working culturally it things have not really changed we are still um spending more time with the children the moment, still... the moment they step back home it's, yes. it's, it's as if we were living 100 years ago yeah thank you so much for validating that it's true it's true it's they're the ones that you know expected to masa and things like that you know especially in a malay household and expectation too is one thing you know of course 
of course, you know, we can, we can, of course we can cook. We won't have any issues cooking, especially if I like cooking. I will cook, you know, as a woman. It's not that. It's just the fact that it's 100%, you know, it's expected 100% of the time. That is the cultural practice that tires a woman out. And so, you know, Alhamdulillah, I'll use this example. My friend, um, when she wanted to get married, she was 29 at that time. So she knew what she wanted and things like that. Or rather, she knew what she didn't want. And, you know, she told her now husband, her then, um, you know, partner, um, boyfriend, whatever you want to call it, I'm not cooking. <laughs> she said, you know, she's like, I can't cook. I don't cook. Please don't expect that of me. And I need you to know this from the very get-go. And Alhamdulillah, the husband now, uh, he, he cooks most of the time. Of course, she cooks as well. Because like you said, Alhamdulillah, when, when there is, you know, when there is this kind of, you know, when you know what to expect of each other, you know, my friend pun dah rajin masak dah sekarang, you know, it's, it's not about, you know, you do, you do you, I do me kind it's of thing. It's about having a mutual understanding, I guess, yeah. Yes, so going back, anyways, going back to, you know, overworking, um, it's, it's not easy, I think, for everyone, but I'm just going to say quite frankly, especially for women. Um, they're, they're wearing a lot of hats and um, it's not something that they, um, I think, are experiencing. Um, I think they're struggling a little bit, right? Um, I, you know, for women who are high achievers, for example, you know, the ones who do want to climb the, climb the, Upper um, ladder, corporate ladder. They want to be CEOs and bosses and things, run their own thing. It, when they think about starting a family, when they think about that side, that part of their journey or their life, they think twice. It, they they find it hard to juggle, because again, they want to look. They want to have time for themselves. They want to have time for their interests. And what they see right now is that that's not very easy to do in our culture today. So what can, you know, what are some words of kind of, um, what can you say about that? Or what, what can, can you speak on that a little bit? Well, I think for me, my experience is firsthand. I think my wife is amazing as a wife, as a mother to four children. And she is also a leader in her workplace. She's a teacher. Um, the head of the department, you know, so it's not easy because sometimes you will find yourself a bit torn between do I work harder or do I attend to my family more and sometimes you do feel like it starts to tilt over to one side like I'm yeah. tired of chasing the corporate world you know like yeah. i want to pull back a little bit and i i think ev for every person man or woman i guess you will go through that phase where you are rethinking whether what you thought you wanted is actually still the thing that you want today absolutely because circumstances will change like for a marriage where perhaps they are not blessed with children is different with a marriage where they are and a marriage that is blessed with one child is different from one that is blessed with four, five, six. <laughs> and, and how quickly and how fast they are promoted also will determine 
um, the kind of decisions that they would make about their career, about their lifestyle, about their family priorities. So my suggestion, instead of giving like a general advice, which I don't think will fit everyone's situation is, number one, I think we need to do more self-reflections. Oh, yes. So at the end of a week or at the end of every month, sit down and think about how's everything? Is everything balanced in my life? Well, balance, of course, not being 50-50 doesn't work that way in life. But balance enough in your heart to feel like I feel fulfilled here, I feel satisfied here, I am pleased with my performance slash contributions here, perhaps at the workplace and so on. Just doing those self-reflections regularly would help tremendously. Okay. The second thing is you need, after reflection, you need to communicate. Okay, so the reason why sometimes people um, experience burnout first and then wonder what happened is because whenever they were already feeling like they're on the edge with regards to some matters, whether work, professional, family, is because maybe they held back. Mm. And sometimes holding back is interpreted as I'm trying to be patient, I'm trying to be responsible which is good and very, mm. very admirable. However, sometimes overdoing it, it's no longer the healthier thing. The healthier thing should be to, instead of suppressing those thoughts and burdens and emotions, you need to express them and you need to communicate with the people in your life who matter to you most. 100%. So this could be your parents, or this could be your in-laws, this could be your spouse, this could be your children, to help them understand why mommy and daddy is busy. This could be um, your employer, right? You could talk to your employer if you are overwhelmed. So I think lots of self-reflection and being brave enough to open up a conversation like this. Because I understand, Yasmin, that to to begin a conversation like this feels uncomfortable. Exactly, I was just writing that that down. And that is exactly why most people avoid it. Yes. Because they are scared of how the other party might react. Yes. Are they going to think that I'm weak? Is my employer going to think I'm incapable? Um, You know, is my uh, partner going to think that, you know, I don't care about the family and so on and so forth? So these worries they continue running on and on and on and on. And if they don't talk to anyone, you can imagine how that could lead to, you know, detrimental side effects. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not good for their mental health. Um, and it might affect the relationships that they have overall. So that would be my suggestion instead. I love how you mentioned first reflect. That's just beautiful because I love, you know, reflection was something that, so pause promotes um, self-reflection. It promotes... um, In order to reflect, you need to pause. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Pause and reflect. It's so essential to our well-being. And it was the key to my own um, well-being as well, you know, in 20... 18, I discovered reflective writing 
So I mm. have about like eight to nine um, journals and nice. love it so much. And I realized, oh my God, this simple act of reflective writing helps me so much, has helped me so much. And you know, Alhamdulillah. So yes, self-reflection. You should, you should teach that, you know. You should promote that practice. Thank you, Mizi. Sure. I actually created a course for it. <laughs> ah, so yes, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Thank that was you. the right move, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It's on my webpage. I'll add the link at the bottom later as well. Mm. Um, you know, it's just the power of reflecting is something else and it's and it's interesting because it was what Rasulullah did as well you know sallallahu what he did in in the in in the cave if i'm not mistaken and he he was just all con- you know he consistently reflected on his on who he was on his on on his deeds and and so on so and on on society you know is society balance is society okay right now how can i make some changes so reflecting is so, so important. And if people say it's a lazy thing to do, it is, uh, you know, why do some that? Some people see it as passive, you know, but actually it's not. Mm. Correct. It's not. It's, um, you know, when you quiet your mind, that is when your best ideas come, I feel. when That's when, mm-hmm. you know, you're most creative, when you're able to pause and just quiet your mind. And let your intuition guide you. You know, a lot of the times when you reflect, that is what happens. You know, you your your next step that you know the the a good step, a step that works for you, a step that works for others, it comes through reflection, it comes through quieting your mind. So I love that you mentioned that self-reflection, do that, you know, regularly. Um Monthly, you said, um, weekly, <laughs> just pause, just spend five minutes writing things down or 10 minutes writing things down. And two is about communication, which was really also really nice. Um, and as you said, you know, you touched on, you know, the perception of, uh, perception on communicating, you know, telling someone that you're tired or telling someone that you can't do something. You don't have the time to, to take on this new task or this new project. There's a lot of shame around that, especially in Asian cultures. There's a lot of shame around saying, no, I don't want to go out today or no, I don't want to do this work. So, you know, one thing, yes, having the courage to say it, to, to communicate is really, really important. Um, you know, this, this, this is, you know, this is what mental health is about, actually. It's that stigma of admitting or of communicating that you are not okay and that you need mm-hmm. to take a break. But two, um, it's being, it's if you are the receiver of that message, not being judgmental, like being open to it, whether yeah. you are an employee, a husband, a wife, a parent, you got to be welcoming of that. So can you speak on that a little bit, on being the receiver of that message? Like how, yeah. yeah. I think I think what's happening right now in the world is, is, a, is positive. I'm seeing more advocates, more campaigns, more movements to talk about mental health issues. And the hope is that the stigma will go away. The hope is that people will become less judgmental and more understanding. 
or at the very least they will listen you know and and not quickly brush it off like ah it's nothing mm. you know i see this a lot with children who say that their parents brush it off the fastest you know like eh, solat lah lebih sikit you know kau tak sembahyang betul-betul kau tak ngaji and you know like they just brush it off um and then um you know husbands and wives also do this to each other um and and people at the workplace i think is one of the worst because people become so scared to open up when they have mental health issues or when they even see a therapist they're so scared to tell their boss that they're seeing a counselor Absolutely. because they're, they're crying every night to sleep because of some personal issue they're facing um at my workplace i make it a point that you know if you guys are seeing anybody just let me know i'm open like literally today one of my staff went to to see a therapist and you know we talk about this and we're very open about this so I encourage because I think that's healthy and that's the right thing to do. Okay? Oh, thank you for saying that. Because it doesn't make sense to say, "Hey, you're you're sneezing, right? You should go and see the doctor. Take the day off." But then when somebody is going through something just because it's not visible to your eye doesn't mean yes. it doesn't exist. Yes. And and sometimes that is even more painful. Yes. Yeah. To talk about something that you cannot show or prove to people that it exists. Um And I think if you are the receiver, the best thing to do is to listen, and to withhold judgment, and to just sometimes just being there for them. Just yes. they're on the phone with you. Just hang, hang in there. If you are beside them, just stay there for with with them for another fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. Yes. You know, like sometimes that's all that they need. They don't need a lecture from you. They don't need some motherhood statement kind of advice from you. <laughs> They don't need you to quote a hadith. They, they just <laughs> sometimes be by your side because the human connection is very powerful, and we underestimate it a lot. Um, you know, I've I've I do a lot of counseling and coaching for people at you know high levels like CEOs of top companies you know, and celebrities and you know and so on and. Sometimes I get phone calls randomly, and they're losing it at the at the end. Oh, Michelle! And all I do is I just stay there, and sometimes I barely say anything for a good half an hour. Yeah. And then at the end of it, they say, "Mizi, thank you. I really needed that." I'm just gonna like interject and be like, and just I'm, I just want to mention something. You know, my friend did the exact same thing for me. You know, there was this one day I was having. I was. I just felt so pressured to, you know, get some, get some to meet some deadlines. So I just called him, and I just spent half an hour, literally, like, 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 like your story. I've spent half an hour just, uh, expressing how I felt, expressing what I was thinking, and I at the at the end of the half an hour, I I realized he was just so quiet the entire time, and I was like, oh my god. You were literally so quiet. You didn't interrupt me. You didn't ask me too many questions. You didn't um, try to console me or advise me. I really needed that, and he was yeah. like, "Yeah." So yeah. Alhamdulillah, you know, listen without judgment and be there for them, even if you can't say anything. Mashallah, I think that's amazing. I think, I think the greatest worry for a lot of people who are the receiver, like you said. Is they're scared to say the wrong things, mm. and I think that fear is valid because mm-hmm. you know if you say the wrong thing, you might push the wrong buttons, and then it might 
make things worse. I think Betul. that's the fear a lot of people have. Betul. So then I would say to you, then you don't have to say anything, and that's that's really the truth, right? Um, but you should offer if you think the person is completely clueless or confused and needing some kind of guidance or direction. You can ask them, how can I help you best at this moment mm. right now? Okay. And, mm-hmm. and that's all. And if it's something you can do, then do it. If it's something you cannot do, then apologize sincerely and say, but I know someone who can help you. Absolutely. But I, I, but I know an organization, an agency that can assist you. And this is the phone number. I'm going to forward you their email, blah, blah, or whatever. And that's how you can be of help, right? Um, people in those situations, what they need is to, to know that there are people out there who still care about them. Even if it's just one person, and that one person could be you. So they could lose all hope of everything that's going on in your life right now. Complete darkness. But you are that one ray of light. Yep. And as long as you hang... That's why if you stay on the phone with them, you are that ray of light. Meaning what? Meaning I don't have to end it all. Mm. Somebody still cares about me. Somebody still thinks about me. Somebody still wants the best for me. Mm. And, and if you can do that, then it's extremely valuable. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for saying that. Absolutely. I think um, my therapist once said, with people, with, you know, for people with depression and so on, just knowing that they have one way out is enough for them. You don't have to maybe force it onto them. You don't have to force them to go see a therapist cover. But if they know that they have one way out, then it helps them kind of like, it, like you say, it's like a light. It helps them kind of, you know, not drown into their sorrows and into their misery thank you so much Mizi um, um, for enlightening us you know for sharing your your wisdom with us your 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 work with us you know like I said your work has resonated so much with me with people with others as well and um Alhamdulillah, the relevance, you know, the, the, the context that you use, they're so, so relevant. And Alhamdulillah for your work. And I hope you continue um, to do this really, really helpful work. So please tell my audience where they can find your work online. And, you know, inshallah, and we're going to have another conversation, inshallah, like maybe in after Raya, uh, which I can't wait to have because I love, love, I love, love the fact that, you know, we're discussing all these things and I love hearing from you. So. Okay, so where can everyone find your work? Thank you so much for all your kind words, Yasmin. I'm also very impressed with the work you're doing at PAUSE and I wish you the very best. I hope you touch more lives positively and make uh, a difference in their lives, inshallah. Um, I'm active on social media, so they can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, by the name Mizi Wahid. Uh, I also have my own podcast, Mizi Wahid Podcast. You just search my name. On Spotify, you'll find... I think after this, if you search my name, you'll probably find my interview with Yasmin as well coming yeah. up. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing lot, too many things right now. I can't really name all of them, but just if you want my latest um, updates on what I'm working on, I think most of my updates are coming through Instagram, number one. And second of all, it's on um, Twitter, inshallah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are mainly where you can find it. Okay, Alhamdulillah. I will put it all in the description and I'm kind of like standing right now because my laptop might die soon. So I'm trying to sort out like 
I have no idea why the battery is not working, but I'll sort that out later. Um, thank you so much, Mizzy, and I'll see you soon. Thank you for joining. And um, yes, have a good rest of the day, have a good evening, and Assalamualaikum. Thank you for listening. You can follow our latest updates on Instagram and Twitter at Pause Universe. We also have a website that you can explore. It's mind-pause.com. We also sell our products on Etsy. It's also Pause Universe. And you can shop on our website as well. I love you and I wish you the best.